Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. I really appreciate it. And I am your host, Jeff Harmon. I am going to tackle a topic today I am absolutely not super qualified to tackle. <laughs> it is, uh, it's a common word, actually, that photographers, in my opinion, flippantly use. They talk about it, and I don't think most of them understand it. And I've spent some time looking into it to try to understand it as I prepped for the show. And uh, it's physics. It's really, really physics. And I'm not a PhD in physics. I am not super qualified to be able to talk to it, but I think I've learned enough to kind of generally explain it enough that you can understand what it means to your photography. So that's the goal, right? It's just I need to know enough about it that it can I can decide what to do about it or recognize it in my photography, especially because this is something that can negatively impact your photos. You can they can make them look less good than you want them to. Less good. Wow, that was great. Okay, so without further ado, today's topic is diffraction. So right off the bat, right? Diffraction. You, I'm sure you've heard the word because again, photographers use it kind of flippantly, I think. I think you'd be hard-pressed to say, okay, but tell me why diffraction happens or what's going on that causes diffraction. And they might be able to tell you, well, it's because you stopped your camera down too much. Another phrase that a lot of people won't understand, that aperture f-stop number was too high. Okay, they know that, and they maybe know because of experience that I put my camera at uh, with this lens at f-18, and they look like crap. So yeah, that's diffraction, and I don't want that, which is fair. That's probably accurate. At f-18, you have a much better chance of having diffraction like really wreck your photo and have it look really bad uh, than you do at lower f-stops or when you open the, f the aperture up more, when you shoot more open, wide open, with lower numbered f-stops. So let's talk about why that is though. What's going on there? And I'm going to give you kind of an explanation that is probably not scientific. <laughs> it's not how a physicist would explain it to you. Uh, but I hope it gives you just a little bit more understanding of it. And maybe there are some physicists in the Facebook group that can help with a more formal definition. Kind of at the core of it, though, let's think about your lens as a big tunnel to your sensor, right? Your lens is this tube that is bringing light to your sensor. And in that tube, you have some controls that you get to play around with as a photographer, the biggest one being your aperture. That's inside the lens elements of the lens, and you get to decide how that aperture is set. That aperture is a bunch of blades that kind of work together to draw circles. Sort of, I think of it like that, uh, the beginning of a James Bond movie. That signature kind of, it looks like a lens. It looks like aperture blades. I don't know, maybe it's because I've been doing photography long enough that, that I see it that way. But... What they're trying to do is you need less light to come into your your sensor, right? You you need to cut down the light. It's a very, very bright source. If you're outdoor, it's really bright outside. Let's say it's noonday and the the sun is it's a perfectly clear day. There's just a lot of light out there. And even if you have your ISO all the way down to 100 and you are trying to get a shutter speed that's fast, you only have 
one eight thousandth of a second or one five. That just depends on the body and what you're using about how fast your shutter speed can go. Um, there, you need another control there. And aperture is one of the controls. It will close in from the, the sides of the lens, that tube, and it will make the lens effectively that tube shrink in size. It'll make that tube smaller, thereby letting less light into the picture. But if you think about it, as you shrink that middle of your camera lens, it's not always in the exact middle, but let's envision it that way. As the aperture blades close in, and at, at a higher f-stop, which is why it's calling stopping it down, then as they close in, you are forming this kind of hourglass shape in your lens, right? You, you have light, imagine light coming kind of on the edge of your lens, and it's gotta be routed through the middle of your camera now because you closed that aperture down. It's a smaller hole than the whole width of the tube is. That means the glass elements inside of your lens have to bend that light around. It has to get through the hourglass and then it's gotta be bent back towards the edge of the sensor. Diffraction is when you don't nail it exactly right on bending it back, which is why it becomes a bigger problem at higher aperture values or when you stop the, the lens down more because you're asking the camera to bend the light more and there's more chance for it to not get it exactly right so as that light travels through that lens and it gets bent around and back it may not end exactly on the same pixel it should be your sensor in the back of the camera body has a bunch of sensor uh, pixels in there individual little pixels it doesn't look like it much when you look at it because they're so tiny but there's little individual pixels little things that are there to accept the light in and, and create data information that gets stored off to your card. And uh, when it doesn't get routed back consistently, when you, if it hits one of those pixels kind of off center, then that's diffraction. Part of that light that should have ended up in one pixel ended up in some of the neighboring pixels because it got bent and didn't get bent back correctly. And it's, that's a real challenge you can imagine. It's hard for them to figure out how do I bend this light perfectly? Or you may have slight flaws in the glass, which is why lenses that are higher quality or i.e. more expensive can do a better job of this because they're making sure there is less flaw in the glass elements inside that lens so that diffraction won't be a problem and other reasons. It's not just diffraction that they're battling with the, the lenses that are more expensive, but it helps with diffraction because they can be, they're more exact in being able to bend the light and bend it back. So diffraction um, happens at those high F stops. Does that mean you can't get a good shot at f18? No, it doesn't mean that. It, does, it doesn't mean you're guaranteed with it. In fact, I saw some um, some notes on some physics blogs. Yes, I actually went and read some physics blogs about this. And one of the questions that was there, it was a, a PhD thesis actually, was questions about how diffraction is different for different wavelengths of light because they don't all bend the same way. Their wavelength is different and the amount of diffraction they have is different. 
And uh, it's it's kind of it was interesting. I don't know enough about it to have really gone into any more detail than that, but uh, very cool stuff that people are looking into. And that's the type of thing that a camera manufacturer would have to get to to try to make diffraction work better. They'd have to consider this thing about different wavelengths of light bend differently, and what can we do in our glass elements to try to make all of them bend the way that they should. And you can imagine that takes a lot of research, that takes a lot of knowledge, it takes a lot of super smart people who understand the physics of light in a way that most of us don't, and that costs a lot of money. That's why these lenses, you know, cost a lot of money. They have to pay for all that research and all the things that they're trying to figure out how to bend the light and bend it back and not have it look weird. All right, so that's diffraction. It happens at the higher f-stops. How high? It depends on your lens. Uh, kit lenses, you really start to see it at about f16, if not even a little before that. But f16 and out f18, f22, you really you you ha increase your chances dramatically as you get out to those really high f-stops. And on any lens, it doesn't matter if it's one of these really nice uh, Canon L lenses or a, a a nice expensive lens. They're all going to struggle as you take them out to their limits. So as you max out the aperture, it's going to do the best it can, of course. They were designing it the best they could to get there. But you're increasing your chances, even on very expensive lenses, of having diffraction enter into the equation. The effect of it can look different depending on the situation. We just talked about different wavelengths of light bend differently, and some of them have more of an impact. So it can depend on what colors you're shooting. It can depend on the harshness of the light you're shooting about whether or not you're going to do it. So you're not guaranteed if you put your, your camera uh, aperture at F22 that you're going to get a, a shot that looks terrible but your increases your chances that it's not gonna look good. And the effects can look similar to uh, missing focus, having kind of just a softness that you, you didn't want. Uh, it can look like maybe you were moving, that your shutter speed was too slow to account for you being handheld and you're moving, or look maybe a little bit like image stabilization was left on, like we talked about last week's episode. In fact, image stabilization can increase your chances of diffraction. Same sort of reason. The, the lens is doing all this work to try to bend the light to exactly the same spot. If your image stabilization is turned on and the, the stabilization elements think, oh, I need to counteract some movement, and maybe they didn't, kind of get the same effect. Your sensor got moved enough, either from the lens changing or the body changing where the sensor is located, and the light ends up not hitting the same pixel it should on the sensor. And so you kind of get the same effect as diffraction. So, all right, those are kind of some things. So now you might be wondering, okay, but what else can I do about it? You, the thing to do about it is not get into those high f-stops, right? That's the, that's the obvious thing. If you can make your lens not have to work so hard to bend the light, you get a better chance of having everything line up correctly and, and hitting your sensor in the right spot. So you need to uh, avoid those if you can. But there might be situations where you can't avoid it. Good example might be in landscape. Landscape photography. You're trying to shoot a sunrise, right? And that sun is just, you're, you're ready so that when it pokes over the mountain, you're going to get this awesome shot. And you want depth of field, so you want kind of a higher aperture anyway. But you also want to kind of, you want to block or, or lower the exposure enough that you can actually capture it. If you don't go to a higher f-stop, 
then you have to have a faster shutter speed, which would be fine if you're mounted on a tripod. Uh, even if you're not, I guess faster shutter speed makes it so that you could handhold it and, and be good. And that's that's a fair way to deal with it. But you may also want to get the nice stars on the sun, uh, making those sun rays look like that nice star shape. And that comes at higher f-stops. Um, it, it, you may want to make waterfalls look milky. And you might be in the middle of the day. And so the only choice you have is to stop down your lens, open up, that, bring that f-stop number up to try to make it so that you can bring your shutter speed down so that the water will look milky and not individual droplets if you're at high, high uh, shutter speeds. So there, there could be various situations where you want to choose to go there. And you should try it out. That's kind of one of the points about this would be not all lenses are the same. I can't give you a at F18, you are guaranteed to have diffraction. No, no, no. You There's different lenses that react different ways. And you're going to have to either go find out from uh, research sites like DxO or others where you can find kind of the sweet spot of the lens or where it is that diffraction or sharpness becomes a problem. And they can tell you those kinds of things. It can be hard to decipher. Or you can test it yourself. You don't have to get to a scientific explanation for it. You can go out in those shooting situations with the specific purpose of testing the limits of your lenses and understanding how your lenses work with your camera. They're not all going to be the same. Even uh, a lens on one camera body, if you put it on a crop versus a full frame, it's going to react differently because the sensor is different. And you can imagine that diffraction is different based on the sensor, especially crop versus full frame. On a crop sensor, in order to get 20 megapixels on a crop sensor, those pixels in the sensor have to be much smaller than a 20 megapixel full frame because it's a bigger physical sensor. Those individual pixels that make up the sensor, even though the megapixels might be the same, the pixel size on the crop sensor is going to be much smaller, which means you increase your chances of diffraction. Another reason that a full frame sensor gives you an advantage, you can take that F, that aperture up further with less chance of diffraction because the pixels are bigger. So that's another thing you can counteract with that is get a bigger sensor. Or if you want, if you really need to get the, if the reason you're at a high aperture number is that you want to be able to do lower shutter speeds, then you can put a neutral density filter on the lens. It's kind of like sunglasses for your lens. It will reduce the amount of light that's entering into the lens and you can have a smaller f-stop number. You can open up the aperture more, having it be closer to the size of the tube of your lens and there's less chance of diffraction. All right, so there you go. That's. I hope you understand diffraction a little better now. I hope you understand kind of what you can do about it. Uh, the biggest thing is just see what you can do to make it so that you don't have the really high f-stop numbers. And you should go try it out. You should go test it, see how it works on your lens to see what it looks like. I know I have seen um, landscape be just fine on my crop sensor at f18. But then I've tried to do a portrait shoot. We left it at F18 <laughs> on accident once. And uh, we, when we got the pictures back from doing the family shoot, they just didn't look right. And it was because of diffraction. The F-stop was just too high. And for the family portraits, 
It was it it made the people look funny. It had a really strange lack of sharpness sort of effect. Whereas the landscape, it wasn't a problem. Being on a tripod, the situation was just entirely different. And it didn't affect it there where it really affected it in family portraits. So you're going to have to kind of become accustomed to it. We learned the hard way that I got to make sure the f-stop is lower um, when I hand it to my second shooter and they may not understand how to change the aperture much. Then um, I need to make sure the aperture's a lower number for family portraits, even if it's the middle of the day and it's bright, then you just got to get the shutter speed up. All right. So there you go. That's my explanation of diffraction. We'd love to hear what you had to say about it in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash photo taco. We have wonderful discussions out there and you can either share your sad stories about when you had your f-stop cranked up too much, stops down too much, um, and, and how things went. You could share examples even. Maybe I'll go dig up one of the uh, portraits that we took when it was uh, way too high enough stop so you can see an example out on the Facebook group. But regardless, there's some really great discussions we're having out there. Facebook.com slash group slash photo taco. And thanks to a listener, I am actually going to start putting into my show notes for the podcast a link to the Facebook groups, my contact info on social media, and a link to how you review the podcast. He told me he wanted to give a review. He was on his iPad and he thought, I'm going to go give a review right now. And it was entirely too hard. <laughs> Apple has not done a great job of making that very accessible. So uh, he suggested, you know, put that in every show note of the podcast. And maybe if people want to go do it, now it's a little bit easier for them to find it. So I'm going to include all of that in every show note going forward. Thank you for the suggestion. All right, that's going to be it for today. I will ask you to go over to improvephotography.com. Check out the uh, the mothership there. See what the articles are. They've been killing it with articles over there lately. doesn't matter what genre of photography you are interested in. There is something every week that is coming for you there. And you need to be reading it. Go put it into your daily routine. Visit the website. There is some really good stuff out there. I, uh, I look forward to reading improved photography every day. I know the hosts and the writers that are doing it, but it's still great to read the in-depth kind of discussions that are going on there and the articles that are being posted there. Check out Portrait Session Podcast and Improved Photography Podcast and Tripod Podcast. They're sister podcasts in the Improved Photography Network of podcasts, and they are excellent podcasts to listen to. I listen to all of them myself, and you should be too. Even if it's not a genre you're particularly interested in, they have really good discussions. Uh, Portrait Sessions had one just recently dedicated to search engine optimization that would help anybody who is going to need to want their search results in Google for their website to come up. So you should check out all the podcasts all the time. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!